another level. And today's message, I really believe that it's going to be a pivotal one to the future of us as individuals, us as a collective, and for the future. So if you haven't got notes now, I encourage you to get the podcast after tonight. We listen to it, write it down, because I believe this is going to be a night where in 10 years, 5 years, 2 years, 1 year, 6 months, we're going to be better for it. Is that good? So we're talking about squads. Anyone know what a squad is? So past messages, so you can agree with me if we... And Jonty's not here. Shout out to Jonty on the podcast. We need some encouragement in this building because we've got no Jonty. So you can be Jonty. So we've talked about squad goals, breakthrough. So we've talked about squad goals of breakthrough. That was week one. That was like first week of 2019 youth. Memories. Second one was about squad worship goals. Then we had... Job's terrible, no good, very bad day. And we looked at, we got the squad, where's our Job? Where's the person in your life that you're going to get around them because they need you? Then we had um, squad advantage goals. That was my personal favorite so far. That was about Moses and the stick. And what do we lift up to Jesus? Because when we give our gifts to Jesus, everyone else wins. That was a good one. Then the last time I preached, we had squads of clear convictions. And so we're going to go to another squad. So what is a squad? It's a small group of people having a particular task or taking part in a shared activity. And so we can't mistake a squad with a duo. So the Bible is full of duos and the Bible is full of squads, but we're going to focus on squads. So if we play Fortnite, a squad is how many people? Four. If we play Apex Legends, a squad is how many people? Three. So squads can be three people, four people, five people. And we're going to look at when there's groups of those sorts of numbers in the Bible and how that can relate to our lives and what we can learn from that. Is that good? Good. So, for those that brought their Bible, we're going to look at Mark chapter 2. Can everyone say Mark? Mark chapter 2. Click your fingers like Nikita. And so, Jesus heals a paralyzed man. Does anyone know what being paralyzed means? It means you're stuck. It's like when you watch The Force Awakens and Kylo Ren like paralyzes Ray and she's like, paralyzed, she's stuck. Pins and needles, yep, that paralyzes you. When you see people when they get cramped at footy, they're paralyzed, they can't move. But obviously this guy had probably like a broken back or something, so he literally is like, this sounds really bad, but like a vegetable. Like when you, you can't, your head works, but your body doesn't. Yeah, like it's, that's what they're... they're uh, oh, oops. I didn't say that. Take that out of the podcast. That was bad. When, you're, when your head works, but your body doesn't, paralyzed, no good. So chapter 2, verse 1, Mark chapter 2, verse 1 says this. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors, there was no more room, even outside the door while he was preaching God's word to them. Four men, that's our squad, four men, so Hello Squad, arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. There you go. For those that didn't see, I had my little Michelangelo, part of the uh, squad of Team NT. 
So obviously Raphael, Leonardo, and uh, Mark, that was Michelangelo. Raphael, they were helping him get down to Jesus because he was paralyzed. So rather than stealing a diamond, because those guys, obviously, like we hear the Mission Apostle music, rather than the squad stealing a diamond, because you normally hear that music, they're stealing a diamond and then going and collecting it back up. They weren't stealing a diamond, they delivered one. So the, the squad, they weren't, and they, they, they removed the cheese from the roof, got that out of the way. Then they weren't stealing a diamond, they were delivering a diamond. And so Matthew chapter 13, 45 says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. And so I don't care, and so to, to describe that, you are the pearl. You've got to understand that. Tell yourself, I am a pearl. And so Jesus was a merchant. Jesus was a person looking for a great pearl, and he found you. And so I don't care what people say to you. I don't care what lies you tell yourself. You are a pearl of great value. You are a masterpiece. You have value, and you are worth being on this planet. And so as the prophet Rihanna says, if you watched Superstar last week, um, the prophet Rihanna says, shine bright like a diamond in the sky, right? We understand that. And so you are a diamond that's got to shine bright. You've got to understand that there's value in your life. And just like Rihanna the prophet says, shine bright like a diamond, you've got to shine bright like a diamond and light up the place where you're in. And so Jesus gave up everything to choose you. We've got to understand that. He gave up everything, heaven, life itself, to choose you. And so you're not just a standard common pearl, just like, oh, yes, it's a pearl. No, no, you are the top level, peak best you're the top of the range. That is you. You've got to understand that your life is valuable and you're so... And so if you don't remember anything, remember that you are valuable and Jesus chose you. And so at the end of this message, I'm going to give you an opportunity to choose Jesus. Jesus has already chosen, chosen you, but we've got to understand that we are valuable. We're like a diamond and boom, there it is. So back to squads. We're going to read now, continue on from verse 5. Seeing their faith... Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. So the title of the message is Squad Faith Goals. This squad had faith and we're going to go, Jesus, how can we learn from this squad that we can be have faith goals. So we're going to pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the Bible. We thank you for the squads in the Bible. May we be a young generation that believe for revival, believe for faith, and believe that we can live the way you live. And we just believe that we can change our perspective to understand our worth, our value. And we just thank you for the sacrifice that you made choosing us that we can live the best life possible. Amen. Verse 6, but some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up. Pick up your mat and go home. And he then uh, the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. We've never seen anything like this before. So what do you do? Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm going to read, say that. When you do what no one else is willing to do, people will see what no one else has seen before. I'm going to read it again. When you, when you do what no one else is willing to do, people will see what no one has ever seen before. When that squad made the decision to remove the roof 
and let Michelangelo come down, the paralyzed man, that they, there was a miracle that then we see that says that everyone, uh, they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Because of their desperation, because of their desire to see their friend encounter Jesus, people saw a move of God. And so we might go, and we can put up a show of hands question, who's seen someone physically healed before? A leg pop out? Has anyone seen like, something like BJ missing leg and it just popped out? People have seen that? Or have seen someone killed a cancer? Anyone? Not many hands are going up, but I would question us. We have may not have seen those miracles because we haven't put ourselves in a position to do something crazy. When we put ourselves in a position of risk, a, a position to do something crazy, God will do something on the back of that where people will praise God. So we're just going to break down some of these things. So in, in verse 2 to 3 at the start, we see Jesus was preaching. Who remembers that? Jesus was preaching, and it said the room was packed. There was nothing, there's no room left. Even out the front, they couldn't get in. And so the two things from those first few verses we've got to understand is we've got to have a hunger for the Word of God. Um, we need a desire of the voice of the Holy Spirit. Young person, we've got to go, Holy Spirit, we need your voice so desperately. The young people in that, the young people, the, the crowd in that that Bible verse read, they heard that Jesus was in town and they flocked to go there. We've got to be a generation where we say we need to flock to where the voice of God is. We need to flock to the place where we can hear Jesus speak to us. Holy Spirit can speak to you, but we've got to put ourselves in a position where we go, Holy Spirit, speak to us. And so the preached word of God should be a priority in your life. Sunday morning at church, Sunday night at youth, wherever it is, you should make a priority in your life. You know what? I'm going to bring my notepad. I'm going to bring my Bible because this is a priority. And if those people needed Jesus' voice, how much more do I need Jesus' voice in my life? The second point is um, uh, my notes there have read something so bad. But it's um, we need to be uh, like desiring a revival. We've got to go, God, we want revival in our church. We want revival in our youth ministry. Wherever Jesus went, there was revival, there's crowds that couldn't be contained. And I believe for the same thing for One Heart Church, I believe for the same thing for One Youth. This building here, I believe that we can pack this out so we're like, like a bus in Japan. No, no, a train in Japan, you know, they push them in. I believe that we can be a church like that where we can't fit us in. That we have to say this wall cannot belong here because there's too many people. I believe that we can have that reality for us as a church. And so... Last, or maybe two weeks again, weekends ago, me and Cameron were at Life Church in Tubby Bay. You remember that, Cameron? And yours truly was preaching, preaching fire, people getting saved, all, all that glory bombs going off, people couldn't stay in their seats. Not quite. But I was preaching and I was in my message, Cameron can testify to this. I was talking about being a mature believer. And if we believe, because we were in Tumby Bay, and I was saying, I believe for revival in Tumby Bay. I believe that that church building can be too small for the influx of what God wants to do in Tumby Bay. And I didn't just preach about, yeah, let's have faith for revival. I wanted to give them some practical tips on what do you do when revival comes. Because everyone wants to see everyone saved. But what happens when that gets uncomfortable for me? So an example is we come to church and some people go, well, this is my seat. I sit here every week. This is where I park my car. I park my car in the same spot every week. So then, but we're praying, God, fill these chairs. God, we, we can pray, God, we want chairs here to be filled. We want chairs behind there to be filled. We can pray those prayers. Then what happens is people start filling those chairs. We come to church, oh, the car park's full. Where am I going to park? I've got to park all the way over there. Then you finally do a marathon, run into church because you're parked so far away. Get into church and then you're like, oh, 
someone's sitting in my seat. And it's like, and, and so I was talking about in, a, in the book of Ephesians, it says we've got to make every effort to stay united, but too often we make every effort to be divided. We go, well, it's uncomfortable for me. I couldn't get a car park. I couldn't get a seat. But if you wanted revival, you'd be like, thank Jesus I don't have a seat. Thank Jesus I don't have a car park because you're moving Holy Spirit. And so where's our perspective at? Do we, have a perspe- do we want revival or do we want comfortability? And so the question is for us today is when revival hits, what's our choice? inconvenience or innovation because when the inconvenience came this squad said we got a mate that needs Jesus there was an inconvenience they couldn't get in but that led them to innovation and so one youth I want us to be a youth ministry of innovation not inconvenience because I can promise you when things start to grow when things start to develop so when you have your squads you might go I didn't really get to speak to my squad leader that much tonight well does that lead that inconvenience lead you to get offended or does that inconvenience lead you to have innovation because you believe God is doing good things and so I want us as a youth ministry to to have faith because faith always innovates when you've got faith in your life like the squad they find a way but when you let the inconvenience rob you nothing will happen and so faith always finds a way faith never gives up and so the question is for us is if we're going to be squads of faith squad faith what is it squad faith goals if we want to be like that what is faith and so the the book of hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says this faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen who's ever heard of that faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen so so that can be a little bit confusing listening to that to explain it there's a quote the church i see is not the church i see or you could say the youth ministry i see is not the youth ministry i see so what we see right now is not the vision that I've got from God for one youth. So yes, this is good. We've, we've got people meeting Jesus. We're growing. But the youth ministry I see is a youth ministry of 500 people. The youth ministry I see is never using Planet Shakers worship again. Not that that's bad, but we can have it here. We can have our own musicians. The youth ministry I see is seeing young people preaching, people getting saved. The youth ministry I see is having to get buses in from everywhere to get people to youth. That's the youth ministry I see. And so, yes, this is good, but I believe for greater. And so um, what I see right now is not what I see for the future. And so that's what this is talking about. Hebrews 11, 1 is talking about it's, a, it's a, the belief for greater, but you can't see it right now. And so even for church, we see a church of 150 people. I see a church of 1,000 people. You go, how the heck does that work? You've got to do five services on a Sunday? Maybe. That's what Planet Shakers do. They, you, we, we see their one service. That's the third, the third or fourth services because they go, we can't fit everyone in in the one service. We've got to do multiple. And I'm not saying that... I'm not saying we can't get a bigger building, but do we innovate or does the inconvenience cause us to quit? So, um, yeah, we've got we to gotta be people that innovate with faith, not let inconvenience kill us. And so uh, this squad had faith. They saw their friend, but they saw a greater future. And so their friend was paralyzed and dead. And they go, you know what? There's an inconvenience to get to Jesus, but we're going to innovate and we're going to find a way to get you saved. And so they had Operation Uni Jesus. They went into Operation Uni Jesus. And then the, the Mission Impossible music and they lowered him down. They go, here you go, Jesus. And so they had, I, I got this another quote, I'd rather ask and get a no than not ask and miss a yes. And we got to be a youth ministry with that kind of attitude and go, you know what? I'd rather innovate and see my friend meet Jesus than just go, oh, well, it's inconvenient. 
Oh, well, um, a, a good example is, might be is like you might, if for those that have their P's or their full license, you might go, it's inconvenient for me to drive 10 minutes away from where I live to pick up someone to youth, then d- d- drop them off. But you go, you know what, this is inconvenient, but I'm going to innovate because I'm going to see my youth ministry grow. And so we've got to have that understanding. You know what, this person, they might really drive me crazy, but I'm going to innovate and find a way to still love them and connect with them because they need Jesus. And so what is our innovations? Because I'd rather ask and get a no than not ask and miss a yes. I'd rather step out and make a mistake than never step out and never see uh, a revival and someone meet Jesus. And so... I'm sure you've heard this quote before as well. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Or we could say like this, show me your squad and I'll show you your future. And so who's your squad? Who are the people you're getting around? That paralyzed man, our Michelangelo, he had a squad that saw him have a good future. And so um, do you friend up or do you friend down? I'll try to explain this a little bit more. Do you friend up or do you friend down? down that paralyzed man our Michelangelo friended up and so despite his dysfunction of being paralyzed he attracted normal people and they saw him being like them and so the so the question is so for a practical example say I'll sit down to make it a bit more personal I'm a youth pastor right so am I out of the youth pastors I hang out with am I the best or the worst now now, I'm not saying, you've got to hear me with the right context. Now, let's just say I was the, um, the best in a group. That's okay because I've I got to be a person that has humility and can treat everyone with respect because everyone can grow. But if I'm only ever the best youth pastor in my, my youth pastor social areas, I'm only going to stay at this level. But if I challenge myself and go, you know what, I'm going to hang out with that youth pastor with a youth ministry of 500. I'm going to hang out with that youth pastor that can actually preach and people want to listen to him. That will help me grow because they can charge me. You know what, Josh? You've got limited thinking. The way you're doing youth, you've got limited thinking. But they then, they help me. That squad gets around me. Go, you know what? We're bringing you to, we're bringing you to Jesus. We're bringing And so if you're the smartest kid in your class, you could stay in your class and go, yeah, I'm the smartest one. I know all the answers. But why don't you go up to the, the grade above you and go, you know what? I'm going to hang out with these people because they're going to lift me up. They're going to help me see things I don't yet see. And so... If you're always the best musician, if you're always the, the greatest, that's not bad. But why don't you put yourself, take a risk, get to people that are higher above you because they'll take you to new levels. Yes, Sean? Exactly. If Sean's the best in his footy team, maybe he should go talk to AFL players because they'll help him go to a new level. And so does that make sense? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. If you're happy being the coolest in a group, for me, I want to be the ugliest person in my group. I want to be the one that's like, how did you get there? Because I know by being in that presence, they're going to take me to a new level that I wouldn't be able to be by myself. So, um, <clears throat> and, so when, and so back to that statement before, when you want to do what, no, when you do what no one else is willing to do, people will see what no one has ever seen before. And so for us as a youth ministry, for us as a person, if we want to see revival in Port Lincoln, if we want to receive a revival in your school, it's going to take us doing what no one else is willing to do. It might be inconvenient, but you know what? We, and it might not be easy, but when we take the risk, when we use the initiative with the faith, that squad had faith that their Michelangelo could go from lying down 
to standing up. And then it says, picks up his mat, starts walking. But they had the faith for it. They had the initiative for it. The, the, the limitations that says no, they said yes. And so there's limitations in your world that the world's saying, no, you can't. But you go, oh, I'm praying for faith on your life. I'm praying for innovation on your life. Where you can have the vision where you go, you know what? I believe for 500 at youth. I believe for my class to get saved. Because when we do those things, we will see it. So when you do what no one else is willing to do, People will see what no one has ever seen before. And we're going to see people worshiping God, praising God for something awesome. And so I'm going to pray to finish off. And then we'll, um, we'll, we'll go to our squads. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for your voice that speaks into our life. We thank you that you can help us have faith. That you can help us uh, have a greater understanding of what you want to do in our lives. And we pray that we be people that have a step out attitude, not just a it's inconvenient, we can't be bothered. And so we just pray, Holy Spirit, give us innovation. Give us un- thing, give us ways to do things that no one has thought of doing because we want to see a move of God in our town. And so put people around us that stir our faith up. God, if we're the paralyzed person, we pray for squads around us that help us go to new levels. That when we're dysfunctional, when we've got problems, rather than people rejecting us, they go, we just want to get around this person and help them go to a new level. And everyone said... Amen. One thing I forgot to say in my message is that, is that this dysfunctional dude, there's something about him that normal people wanted to be around him. I know for me, if I was paralyzed, I'd have, probably have a pretty rotten attitude and be like, my life sucks. Like, you know what I mean? He was like, <laughs> like but literally, you're like, ugh. Um, could someone roll me over? And then it's like, oh, yeah, that's better. Like, you know what I mean? But you, who could pitch that? If you're literally paralyzed, how much would your life be pretty boring? But there's something about his life where people wanted to hang out with him still. And so if you have dysfunction in your life right now and you'd be like, why would anyone want to hang out with me? Have an attitude and go, God, I want to be like that paralyzed bloke that had people that saw best in him that brought it out of you. So you know what? This youth ministry, we're going to have squads where I don't know what discouragement you're facing right now. I don't know what issues you're facing right now, but I believe we can be a youth ministry where we see the gold in you. As we said about the pearl, they weren't stealing a pearl. They were delivering one. And I believe that we have squads here that can see the pearl in you and we can see that with Jesus helping you be a fully functioning person. And so I said earlier before, if you've never made a decision, Jesus has chosen you and, and, and died on the cross for you. If you want to make a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life today, we're going to all pray a prayer corporately together and you just repeat after me. And if, that, if you're going to make that decision for the first time, you know what, I want to make Jesus my, my reason for life. Um, come just talk to your squad leader after the squad say you know what I prayed that prayer for the first time and I want to pursue the life of being a Christian and we believe the best is in your future ahead is that good so everyone repeat after me Jesus we thank you for being the best and for making a way in our lives to be made right with you we thank you that you see the best in us that we are like a diamond in the sky <laughs> that you couldn't want. Uh, sorry, don't do that. Like a diamond in the sky that you couldn't live without. And we commit our lives to following you forever and ever and ever.